It's a good show. Okay, I sound great. Yeah. So, well, so do you want to, because you sound great, do you want to do the cold open? No. <laughs> I never well, know what to say in the cold open. Well, there's our cold open. All right. Well, there so, it is. So go back and mark that part where she says, I sound great. That's the beginning <laughs> of the cold open. <laughs> People are root for you. They don't root for me. <laughs> that's, that's I'm the of, underdog here. Yeah. Waiting wongs is easy when you have friends that sounded racist. This song should end. All right, so yeah, that's our, that was our cold open. Thank you. I, well, did we listen to a, a different version of the theme song? No, we didn't. Okay, so that was maybe... That was our, our classic, our oldie but goodie. All right, if you sent in an alternative cult, uh, a theme song, thank you. We'll, we'll see you in January. Um, yes, so this is our last uh, episode of the year. It's Christmas! Yay! Christ Mass. Yes, and Dan and I are devout Christians. We're honoring our Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, yep. who gave his blood to wash our souls... Oh man, this really Chinese-ness. took a turn. Of, of Chineseness. Oh, so did I that... didn't sign up for this. Wait, okay. Although my my parents did send me to Christian school for two years, uh-huh. fifth and sixth grade, even though they're not Christian, it was just the cheapest private school that they could find. I was always amazed walking around Koreatown when I moved to L.A. It was like very uh, the, the, like churches. Oh yeah, the uh, Christianity is huge uh, with Koreans. I'm very confused by that. Yeah, I'm curious too. So if we have Korean listeners, please tell me why um, Christianity and Catholicism are so big in uh, Korean culture. But you may as well, I want to get ahead of those people responding and mm-hmm. say, also, I'm doubly confused by the rich Christian heritage of black populations. Have any Anybody who has a reason to second guess this shit, like, why are you doubling down? I, I, I you know, so. Oh, I, I think uh, in. Uh, I just don't want Korean people to think I'm saying you're weirdos for being Christian because you're Korean when the truth is like Jesus Christ, like, <laughs> like Christianity has this habit of well, it's franchising. Just that, it's just that. Uh, well, I mean, you can trace Christianity in the black community in America to like slavery, basically, and um, and and f- having faith was what. Uh, gets people through like s- difficult things like that, and like, and also because uh, there's so much of the European influence. Um, whereas the reason I'm curious about um, why it's huge in in Korea uh, with Koreans is because you don't have that same amount of influence in Asia. Like right. I-, I know why Chinese people uh, don't aren't very religious. It's because of uh, you know however seventy years of communism. Right. And communism says religion is an opiate of the masses, so there is no religion. That's why my parents aren't religious. And is there a thing with Japan? Do we know of? Are they? Are there? There's a lot. I mean, there's like Shinto, and there's like Buddhism, and all that kind of like. I mean, in China, there was a lot of. There, I mean, there's still Buddhists in China, but like, uh, it definitely communism really like religion really took a took a beating from communism but i have to say like growing up in a non-religious household is the greatest gift communism ever gave me never I, had to go to you church you know i i, I being a, a, it there it's almost like there should be a law 
like that you should raise your kids agnostic and then put in front of them all the religions. But no, of course, we can't when your do baby that. turns one, you should just put out one of every religious artifact and then see which one they go to. I know it's 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 an it's 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 impossible. Yeah, well, because in a lot of Asian cultures, they do that when the baby turns one or when the baby's like. Yeah, when the baby's one years old, um, they'll put like the baby on on a blanket with like uh-huh. money and a pen and like a calculator, like all kinds of things to signify what kind of life this baby is gonna. We did path- this too in Wisconsin. You did? Yeah, yeah. You what thought, you thought you were so fucking smart? I did. Yeah. No, it's like, a, yeah, you put the baby in a high chair in my family, uh-huh. and we would put in front of them a shot glass, <laughs> a silver dollar, and a book. What? If there's, to see if they're going to be an alcoholic? Uh, uh, a, a financier or uh-huh. a writer, basically. Those are the only three academic. things yeah. you can be in Wisconsin? What the fuck else is there? What are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, and I remember my cousin Tony, he picked up the silver dollar and he dropped it into the shot glass and we all cheered. You know, oh my God. it's like fun. Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll earn a lot of money and then drink it all away. Yeah. I mean, is that like, what happened? Yeah, I don't know. I think I picked up the book and probably ate it. And, <laughs> but and look at me, I turned out to be you're the biggest try- drunk yeah, in the world. I was about to say, you're going to try to tell me you didn't pick up the shot glass <laughs> immediately. Anyways, I'm just saying we're not so different, China lady. <laughs> you know, it's crazy that we never talked about though. It's our this is our Christmas special. So this is the year that Jesus is coming down the chimney <laughs> with his big red yeah. crucifix, and he's giving all Christ's blood to. It's all a red and white striped children. crucifix. Like, spray, he's spray Raise his blood all over the uh, German tree <laughs> in the middle of the thing. And we all celebrate this all over the world. But you and I never talked about the fact that my actual, like, agnostic slash atheistic slash Christian as I am, like, truly the religion that I truly <clears throat> subscribe to in a philosophical sense comes from your homeland, a little something called Taoism. Really? Yeah. There you go. That's all. I just well, that's all you had to say. What do you mean? Well, Taoism. That's da- the da- philosophy that you. It's the feel world's the mo- oldest written religion. Yeah. Uh, it's perfect. Oh, it's wow. like eighty-one poems that basically say over and over again, "Don't go too far in any direction, <laughs> or you'll end up miserable." Uh, yeah, I, I fucking love Taoism. Like, as what I actually subscribe to or try to. You know what I love is that every single episode of this podcast, you tell me something about yourself that just shocks me to my core. I try to impress you. Yeah. Well, I mean, that sharks thing was a real really <laughs> threw me for a loop. But I tell you, I'll go like, did you know I went to school with all black people? And yeah. Then, like, every like, single time, yeah. there's something. It turns by the end of this podcast, we're gonna find out that I'm amazing. <laughs> It's the only thing that I want. No, by the end of the podcast, you're going to be the most woke human being alive, and I'm going to be the biggest raging racist. I don't know. Yeah. I, I Did you listen to the last episode? I haven't yet. Yeah. I don't know. I, do, I, I think it's a good... It's a good exercise, but I truly feel like a fucking moron. Like I, 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 I like listening to the episodes, but I just, I just feel like a fucking idiot. Well, I don't think you should feel like a fucking idiot because yeah, it's you. Well, I don't want to feel learning. like I made you say that. No, but. but it's it's you learning new things. And it's like, you know, we're talking about subjects that you don't know a lot about. So you can't be expected to be an expert in everything. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, I, it's, I mean, I'm sure there's tons of, you know, nerd shit you know that I have no, no 
concept of. Well, the important thing I, I'm saying I'm not saying like I don't like doing this because I feel like an idiot. I'm actually saying I like doing this because I feel like a fucking idiot. I do. I like. I'm like. It's like a sauna or something. Like I like. I like that. In the last episode, I was like, I'm just kind of brazenly like shoving my foot in my mouth. Yeah. But I mean, here's the thing. Like last episode, I learned a shit ton too because I don't know a ton about Middle Eastern anything, politics, culture, what have you. It's interesting. But we just to, find a lot of commonalities in being like children of immigrants. I thought the interesting thing yeah. is if you triangulate you and me, so I'm Lily White and never, mm-hmm. and like my position is I never deal with any of this shit. Yeah. You're a Chinese immigrant, came here at four years old, so all of your shit is about I can look at you, anyone can look at you and go, Chinese. Um, <laughs> and then we were talking to two women who pass for white it was i thought that was very interesting because mm-hmm. it was making me stretch back in my head and go uh you can unbraid all this shit because yeah. you've said so much about what it was like to be you growing up and like yeah. uh everyone has peanut butter and jelly and my parents don't know what that is and uh, they take me to the fish store and they they're looking for a peanut butter fish because it 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 I I don't know what the I feel that there is progress. I because yeah. I thought it was neat that you and I are both kind of like we don't actually we kind of have a luxury like the idea that both of our faces just shout right that's just announced to the room what we're what we are. There's kind of a I don't want to call it a privilege, but like it's yeah. it, it, it's it's a oh great. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it's a, that, they, 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 that's it's weirder for somebody that's from Iran or something that goes like three dates in with her white boyfriend has to go. Well, my dad would fucking kill me if I stayed out past ten or yeah. if I had a drink or whatever. And the guy's like, "Wait, what?" And it, it, it I, I, I am enjoying this podcast. I'm so glad you are. God damn. Okay. I'm, all right. <laughs> Well, okay. I should have said that. I'm coming in real drunk, real drunk. <laughs> yeah, and he he walked in and to the studio and announced that he was drunk and starting out drunk, and then immediately got himself another drink. Yeah, well, I'm not gonna drink a coffee and turn into fucking. I uh, mean, but you could stop yourself from getting more no, drunk. Come on, no. you gotta. What do you like? What have you ever skied? You don't. No. You don't start going uphill. That's not a solution. That's how you <laughs> break you your neck. Do you ever ski uphill? Is that possible? I don't know. I've never skied. I'm too <laughs> drunk to talk about this. <laughs> I got uh, I got drunk uh, for the first time in a very long time this Saturday. I went to a holiday party, and there was an open bar where they stocked my very favorite booze, and so I just kept having the guy fill my cup all the way to the top, and I really overdid it. My my lust for free my favorite booze. Do you like when you get drunk? Like, what do you? What's your? Uh, well, um, I have pretty high tolerance, and uh, especially for an Asian, um, I'm one of the few that has the enzyme that can me- uh, metabolize alcohol. <laughs> it's true. It's. A I'm sorry to laugh. I, it just yeah. sounds like Jurassic Park. It's like. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the Chinese woman the, yeah, yeah, the totally. enzyme. I, <laughs> well, because like, I it's something like it's something insane. Like ninety percent of. Um, Asians lack the enzyme that metabolizes alcohol, so that's why you get the. Have you ever heard like China Red? Right. Getting the, the well, the I've Asian never heard flush, that phrase, but the Asian flush, you know. So, uh-huh. um, uh, especially with East Asians, like when they drink, if they lack the enzyme, they turn totally face like like beat fire engine red. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot of friends who entire body, belly, chest, arms, 
immediately, like within, I have friends who get drunk off the bottle, the neck of a bottle of beer mm-hmm. and turn completely red because they just can't process it. Do you, do you know Ron Funches? Uh, I know uh, of him. I don't know he, him. He, he has an alcohol allergy, and he talked about uh, being Yeah, in I mean, high that's school. basically what it is. Yeah, it's like, it probably is the same thing. Like, he, if he had a little bit to drink at a party, he'd, like, end up <clears> on the floor, and everyone's like, what's wrong with you, and all this stuff, and yeah. Yeah. It's... So what happens to me is, like, I, I generally, I, I know my limits, but sometimes I'm like, I just don't care. I'll just keep it coming. And sometimes I don't, I lose count. But um, what happens is I can feel the turn happening because I go from totally fine and coherent and a functioning person to, like, dr- like shit-faced. And it's a turn that happens very quickly. And But I can feel the change happening, like like a werewolf transformation. And so when I feel it happening, I know that I have about 10 minutes <laughs> To get to safety and tell another adult to, to like, be careful. <laughs> and my boyfriend knows this at this point. So if we're somewhere and I've been drinking all night, there's he knows that at some point I'm going to come up to him and just say, we're going home now. And he knows he has 10 minutes to get me in the car before I just, like, become a, a crazy, a lunatic. Do you get, and stop me when I get too personal. Yeah. Do you get mean? Well, he he says yes. Well, I'm always mean, and he do you says, pick fights with him? N- no, well, no. I just he says I just get sassier than usual. Right. Like all the sassy shit that I normally would say, it's just coming out faster and and more frequently. Hmm. And uh, so I'm just basically a, a burn machine when when, <laughs> when I'm drunk, and um, and I love when I'm drunk. I love to threaten to barf on him. <laughs> And to barf on other people because I know that's a, a weapon of mine if I'm drunk. Um, but yeah, like there, there's been multiple birthdays of mine where I had to, I've come up to him and screamed like, uh, just announced very loudly, "We're going home right now!" And and in the time that it takes for us to say goodbye to people and get in the car, I'm shit fa- the, Like he said, it was surreal. Like we were walking and talking, having a normal conversation, walking to the car, and my head, you know, our heads disappear for us. I'm, I'm I disappear from his view for a second as we're both getting into the car. And then he sits down in the car, turns and looks at me, and I'm a shit-faced maniac. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so I'm shit-faced right now. Okay, perfect. I, I, but I, you know, listening to our episodes, I'm like, I, I said when I was drinking coffee, and now I'm like, yeah, it's the Christmas episode. I'm totally fucking shit-faced. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm going to be a bad podcast host. I want to talk about some of these emails that we've gotten. Yeah. Because I think they're very provocative. Yeah. You guys picked these ones out for a reason. I think they're very important. Should we talk about the gender one first? Yeah. So this is, a, I guess this is the corrections and omissions section of our podcast. Yeah. Very important. Because I want, you know, if we're going to babble about race and stuff, and I'm gonna, it's fun that, oh, I'm the Jim Belushi that puts his foot in his mouth and we blunder through this stuff. I, yeah, like, that's not it's only good in as much as you guys get to feedback and say by the way you uh, said this wrong or that wrong and I can go yeah circle back Um, and one of the big things is about gender because we keep talking about gender balance in the writer's room and so we have this weird parallel going where it's of the utmost importance that we try to achieve gender balance in the writer's room. The implication with gender balance is that there's men and there's women, period, and that when once we get to 50-50, we're done, and we have to talk very liberally about men and women. Um, I, I Always in the back of my head, I'm thinking, like, well, I, do, are we supposed to take a pit stop here and talk about the fact that 
like you know i don't the, the shit that i don't even understand uh, about non-binary uh, uh, fluidity and stuff i don't sure. I, 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 I only just want to say I don't anything that you tell me in that area I accept I'm not trying to I would never question anybody's map of the cosmos so I, all I can do is give voice to the people that are um, that, that, that want to say this other shit because I guess what I said let me read this person's email hi Dan and Jessica I'm a big fan of the podcast you are both really funny and insightful into various viewpoints I don't know if you'll actually read this but I noticed something that Dan has said in episode 9 when he says that gender isn't an artificial concept a construct is what I said just interjecting there it seemed like Dan understood what he was talking about in terms of genitalia being determinative of things like pr propensity for certain diseases and stuff like reproduction. I, however, feel that would go more so under sex rather than gender itself. Intersex people are an example of the difference between sex and gender as they don't fit into the binary sex-wise as wholly one way or the other and yet can still identify as male, female, or something else, which would be their gender. I don't mean to attack Dan in any way. Well, that makes you my friend. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to point out the difference in word choice. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, I... You, you, you said gender when really what you were describing was sex. I'm used to saying yeah. the word gender. That's all I understand. Like uh, that that gender is male versus female. That's that's what I understand. I think this person is saying and I got a tweet from somebody else, maybe mm -hmm. it's the same person saying e there's seven genders and two sexes or so, yeah, you know, I, I will accept anything that you say and I will adapt my language in any way. I don't care. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, I think suffice it to say when we when we're talking about biology and genitalia, we're talking about sex. And then when we're talking about like uh, sexual identity and things like that, um, uh, th that then we're talking about gender. Is there a part of our let's be honest. Is there is there a lobe of our brain? What, like, where are we saying to these kids in the sandbox, hey, go fuck yourself, um, we have bigger fish to fry, let us work out the difference between boys and girls, and then we'll invite you in? It, because that would be, if I were one of those people, I would say, well, here we go again. So are you saying a 30-year renewal on ignoring me? I, I that that mm -hmm. running a simulator for those folks who are listening who are like in any way uh, forging ahead across the threshold between um, the binary <laughs> construct. Like I don't want. I d it would be a shame to be giving those people a swirly in the toilet. Um, while trying to prove that we're feminist. Sure. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be one of these people that says, I'm sorry, the 1,000 people in the room that are uh, worried about these nuances, fuck you, we'll worry about you later. However, I mean, but, but then again, I want to be honest if that is what we're saying. I did kind of, I did kind of have that thought in my head the day after the election, which was sort of like, okay, I, I think... I think maybe we're going to – I think maybe we have, like, bigger fish to fry with, like, a bigger focal lens on a bigger interplanetary debacle. Like, it, this is not going to bode well for our transgender friends. Like, we are we are so – I'm looking around at all the women in Los Angeles, and we have so much, like, women's rights shit to reconcile that I think transgender people – are, are going to be on the bench for a second. Mm -hmm. I did have that thought in the back of my head. 
I want to be honest about yeah. that. Yeah. And I think that <clears throat> the general public uh, get exhausted very easily. And so <clears throat> when you, uh, you know, like, I, I feel like as a society, we are, uh, we can't retain focus on something for a sustained period of time, you know, and people get exhausted very, very easily. So when we're sitting here talking about uh, gender balance in the writer's room, this this person's email is saying uh, they're being very polite, very nice and saying, I think you ju- I think you mean sex balance in the writer's yes. room. Yes. Yes, but it's, and that so, and that is what we are talking about. We are talking about sex balance in the writers' room. So I do just want to say out loud, as I responded on Twitter, it's like I I haven't heard that phrase used before. Am I going to be the first guy to start saying sex balance instead of gender balance when I'm talk, talking about writers' rooms? You can I, be. I, Why not? I I I I will. <laughs> I just don't, I just don't want to. Yeah, I, I mean, it's. I don't it's, want to it's be difficult. part of the problem. Yeah. I want to be part of the solution. Sure. Yeah, it's difficult when like the uh, commonly the most the basically the only used term currently is when people talk about balance in the sex balance in the writers' room. They it's called gender balance. Like that's you know what, what I'll do. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, now it's in my mind. I got the tweet. I got the email, and I'll be like, the next time it comes up, I'll it'll be bookmarked, and I'll say. For better or for worse, I may yeah. I, I'm a bull in a china shop. Like I will, no offense. Uh, <laughs> I, I I I will I will inevitably like I'll be in an inter- interview with like uh, fucking McCall's or something, and they'll say what about blah blah blah, and I'll go I will I know myself yeah, yeah. I'll go. Well, we're trying to achieve balance, and then I'll go on this fucking thirty-minute <laughs> thing. I'll go. Actually, I I want to say sex balance and that. Je- you know, I I will do that. I will do it. But yeah, does that? I don't know if that helps or hurts. I don't know. I I said on Twitter to the person uh, that said that that called this to her. That they said when you, you said gender was an artificial construct or, or not not an artificial construct. All this stuff, and they. I, I replied to the person like basically the honest answer was I'm waiting for a George Clooney level person to <laughs> show me how to speak about right. this stuff. Yeah. Like I'm not going to be the first person to say sex balance in a writer's room. That sounds like weird words. But to I me. think you can be. Okay, I will be. So I'm George Clooney now. Yeah. Great. So, yeah. Be the George Clooney that you want to be. But I feel like I have to like tell the interviewer like, by the way, if that sounds weird to you, I'm no, I'm saying sex balance because there's seven genders. Well, if you're dealing with any kind of good interviewer, wouldn't they just ask you why they would say why did you say sex balance and not? Gender balanced. Wouldn't wouldn't it be great if every interview we 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 did was with a good interviewer? <laughs> That's an excellent. Is, point. It, is it at all possible that the more famous point. you get, the higher the chances that you're talking to someone that absolutely just wants to take something you say out of context <laughs> and make a fucking ass out of you? Yeah, I'm gonna have to take your word for it. I. <laughs> uh. Anyways, I'm yeah. so drunk, but I, I want to say to our non-binary, gender fluid, I, I don't like. I, 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 I get it. I've always thought that in the back of my head. We keep talking about balance in the writers' room in terms of the genders. Like I've, I, I, 
I apologize to you. I don't. I, I understand that that must be frustrating for you because you're fighting a different battle, and, and that I'm implying that there's a battle that's bigger than your battle, and it's like here we go again. I don't want you to feel that way. I I I, I think that it's yeah. It's yeah, and you know what's interesting is stuff like this. Like this is an arena where I have privilege, and I have to examine my own privilege because you have a fucking full-on vagina, y- and yes. it's like goddamn, <laughs> not it's not an artificial construct. Um, yeah, because I have cis privilege and I have straight privilege, and that's like you know it's it's very interesting to me to have a privilege in one aspect of my life and not in another aspect, and to rail against other people who have privilege in another. Oh my aspect god, my I'm so, yeah. like, wait a minute, this is amazing like yeah. i need to like <laughs> i, I want i'm gonna start becoming so active in the <laughs> transgender just a minute, just community to turn the table that i always on have me. this like f- uh, like headlock move on you <laughs> like oh it must be nice cis chinese woman <laughs> cis hetero chinese oh, yeah. woman you gotta you gotta throw it all because that's two kinds of privilege um but we hear you i hear you i don't it's not yeah boy it's hard it's it, on one hand it's like i want to say I don't want to be dishonest about it because I don't want to say, oh, yeah, I'm totally thinking about your perspective all the time. I, I want to be honest about the fact that, you know what, if you're detecting the fact that uh, uh, there's a, an unfair like eclipse that happens, I want to be I want to own that. I want to say, actually, yeah, I don't I stop thinking about you a little bit when what we call women are uh, only 22% of the thing. And I'm, I'm like looking over at those boards on that door in this zombie invasion. And I'm like, I do, I do ignore this other stuff. I do. Yeah. But <clears throat> I, I want to make it right. I want to promise. I want to say like, that doesn't mean, um, it, 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 I think that might lead into the larger thing, which is like when we talk about representation, we it's never going to be possible while filling out a bingo card yeah um that's where we go back to this whole thing of like let's get you know like showrunners uh who staff their shows however they want well we've we've wandered into the tricky uh field that is intersectionality now um because you know for someone like me like there are a lot of issue, uh, issues that are women's issues, and then there's a lot of issues that are Asian American issues, and there's a lot of issues that are all people of color issues. And sometimes the, there's parts of the Venn diagram that they intersect, and there are some things that are standalone. And, you know, like I have to navigate through all of them because there's this intersectionality happening. Um, and that's something we haven't really talked a lot, touched a lot about on this show. Um, it comes it comes up a lot in the writers' room because, like, like I, uh, my second writing job ever, I was writing for this one sh- uh, children's show, and uh, when I was about to start, I knew I was going to be the only woman and the only person of color in the room. Everybody else was going to be a white guy, and uh, and generally speaking, like a middle aged white guy. And I and I went in there thinking. They're going to be have such an issue with having a non-white person in the room. They're going to be so weirded out about having making race jokes. They're probably used to making like all kinds of like racial stereotypical jokes, and they're not going to. They're going to feel really weird about that. That there's now a non-white person in the room. And I went in there, and they did not give a fuck that there was an uh, an Asian person in the room. They made every kind of race joke, and it didn't matter. And uh, but what was really surprising to me was 
they were so uncomfortable having a woman in the room. It was the vagina and not the color that really like got them weirded out. And that was so interesting to me because I would have bet my entire fortune of very little money at that time um, on the fact that they would have had an issue with race and not gender. Well, not to derail things. Yes. Or, but maybe this isn't derailing it. Mm-hmm. But I do think we've talked, I think we've touched upon the fact that Asian mm-hmm. as a race yes. construct is is the last like Alamo of white people being yes totally like, like, it's the it's the least scary uh, non white race. There's no yeah. archetype of the outraged yeah. uh, Asian well, woman yeah, uh, marching no on scary, Washington. Yes, exactly. There's no scary, physically threatening Asian stereotype. We don't. Yeah, we don't. We 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 reserve that as a way yeah. of expressing either jokes about racism or commentary about racism. We we say I was just I was just watching the movie. Cable guy, yeah, um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, w- directed by Ben Stiller. Uh, in and in, in within that movie, there's a meta storyline happening where it's like sort of a um, it's a Menendez brothers style murder storyline that's happening on the television as the movie's going by. And one of the jokes is that the um, 911 call from one of the murderers to the police, they they the joke was the 911 call transcript was the murderer saying, uh, yeah, and I saw a guy leaving and he was he looked kind of Asian and he was he he was wearing asian clothes and he was shouting something and uh, it definitely seemed asian and he was asian and the joke was racism the joke was uh I could name any number of famous uh, child murderers family murderers who the joke for a long time was uh you 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 construct a random black man Mm-hmm. I was like, I, as a black guy, it's like the easiest thing in the world. Right, like that woman who drowned her own children and then said she was carjacked by like, oh, black, Susan like, something. something, Susan yeah. Smith or something. That was a random black guy, like that. Yeah, and everybody came. was like, "Yep, that story checks out." We so, do not look need to look into the details. When of this. we want to make comedy about that stuff, yeah. Uh, when we want to make comedy about racism, it it it's easier. It was easier anyway to say. Asian than black because if yeah. you said black in that movie Cable Guy mm-hmm. oh he was a black guy and he was yelling up black stuff and he has I think he was definitely black it was it's like why bother with that difficulty why bother with that nuance why walk that tightrope when you can just say Asian right. and it will work why because there are no Asian people there are no yes. Asian Panthers. Yes, a- there is no Asian. <laughs> yes, very yeah. historically, uh, as uh, generally speaking, ge- very much generalizing. Like Asians have been the most apolitical and the most like uh, neutral when it comes to stuff like that. But also, there isn't the as much of a bloody and horrific history and painful history between. Uh, between any race that other than like white and black in this country, like right. this country was built on the the bloodied black backs of black people, you know, and the there there's the bloodied blacks the, 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 the bloodied backs of black people. I, I'm just nominating it for a title for the episode. <laughs> for I don't, Christmas? but probably not for not Christmas? a good idea. And you know why? Guess what? You know, if I said, if we said the bloodied backs of Asian people, are, and there was an alliterative. Oh, you absolutely could say that. Yeah. Yeah. 
perfect classic fucking yeah we're not gonna call the episode the bloodied backs of black people it's too fucking horrific <laughs> it's too it, yeah it's horrific it's because it's a re- it's too real it's not it's not if comedy you'd be like why are you making jokes about that yeah. whereas you you know and i think i think the big the big the big title point was um my my very I, I someone that I respect and I'm on her side and I thought it was amazing and I I, I, I like Sarah Silverman did that joke on Conan. Did I was you, really hoping you were going to say Ann Coulter. Uh, do you do, are you familiar? You remember Sarah's joke on Conan? Or she like uh, she did her jury duty joke. Do you know what I'm talking no, about? No, I don't. Sarah Silverman was on Conan and she did a joke and said. Uh, she she wanted to get out of jury duty, uh-huh. and she knew a way to get out of jury duty was to be prejudiced, mm-hmm. uh, but she didn't want to uh, lie about being uh, – she thought that would be a terrible thing. Like, uh, why would you lie about being racist if you're not? And so she – but she didn't want to do jury duty, so she wrote on the form, like, I love chinks. <laughs> And she told that joke on Conan. And the word chinks, I mean, it was like, it, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a joke that's like, now yeah. now everybody needs an apology. And I, I can't remember what year this was, but Conan issued a, an apology, mm-hmm. you know, over her head going right. like, we had no idea she'd tell that joke and all this stuff. And it... It. I'm bringing that up because I don't think she would have considered the N-word oh, version of that joke. not, yeah. And also, even you retelling it, you wouldn't have repeated if she had... I, could, I would say the N-word. Yeah, you wouldn't... You I, wouldn't just said, whole, I just yeah. said the Chinese version of the N-word, and I didn't yeah. say the C-H-word. Yes. Exactly. So... Now that I've established that I understand that, what the fuck were we talking about? (laughs) Okay, well, speaking of Chinese people... Anyways, it's easier to be racist against Asian people is our point. Yes, absolutely. Um, uh, But, you know, like, the the trade-off is that Asian people don't have as much systemic violence perpetrated against them as anyone who is darker than Asian. Or maybe we hired black people to wipe it out of history. Somebody told me that there's a whole debate uh, amongst the white supremacist community about whether or not it's okay for them to, like, be with Asian women and whether or not, like, uh, Asian women can count as white. That's crazy, like, right? Like, well, I mean, white, it's... So, the lone white supremacist listening to this, please explain if this is real. Well, it's not. I mean, I, I, I Noam Chomsky, uh-huh. <laughs> my personal friend. Can't wait to see where this goes. There's a. It's, it's important to note. Like, I there's a that our culture, the United States, decided even though going to war with the Japanese, like we have, there are uh, memos that you can look at from the. Pentagon, like during World War II, when we were going to war with the Germans and the Japanese, 
we referred to the Japanese as honorary whites. I mean, if we want to get into this, it's it's like 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 we uh, we we are our very enemies. Like we still have this fetish for people. We're still obsessed with cheekbones and mm-hmm. culture and all these things. Like it's worth digging into. I white people have a very twisted relationship with the idea of Asianity as a race. Like we can't decide. Yeah. Whether you're so racial that you're not a race or whether you're so not a race that you're I I, I, yeah it's very it's the it truly is the invisible race it's easy enough to just go that guy's Puerto Rican yeah I have a million opinions but I it's worth looking into it's worth popping the hood on like our opinion about Asian culture um, okay, well, so going along with that, um, somebody wrote in uh, an email about Big Trouble in Little China. Oh. First, let me just say, <laughs> I fucking love that movie. Oh, I'm so glad to yeah, hear you say I that. Or maybe that. I'm mad to hear you say that because it means that we might blow off this person's... <laughs> All right, let's 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 read this. Uh, hi, this is the second email I've sent, but I've had these questions regarding Big Trouble in Little China for a while now. How racist is it and should we... <laughs> Human beings in 2017 <laughs> feel bad for enjoying it. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I'm, 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 I'm sorry for my laughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I understand that the film relies heavily on racist Chinese stereotypes, <laughs> but it also features Asian protagonists, uh, uh, Asian male, white female relationships, and it sort of has a message of cross-cultural cooperation, even if that runs counter to an East versus West mentality. I like the movie. It's very entertaining, but I feel bad watching it because of how racist some of the portrayals are. At the same time, it isn't really a white savior movie because Kurt Russell doesn't really do much saving. He's sort of just in for the ride. <laughs> Thank you for your consideration. I love the podcast and look forward to more episodes. Um, is his? Are we able to know this person's ethnicity by their... Uh, yes. His name is Yosef. And oh, yeah, I, I, I can't... I, I, I don't want to uh, conflate him with somebody else, but I believe he's the guy who wrote in that we read last week, and I think he specified that he's half Middle Eastern, half oh, right. Mexican. I believe. Yeah, he said. well, if that's the same guy, yeah, that he was yeah. talking about stuff that we addressed anyway when we were talking with the girls. Yeah, this is a super fascinating thing. Okay, like, yes. um, I want to. I, I don't want to jump the tracks too much, but I want to go to um, Pat Morita. Um, who I believe nominate was nominated if didn't win an Academy Award for playing Mr. Miyagi in Karate Kid. Now, um, the Karate Kid movie is about uh, Daniel LaRusso, who's an all-American kid who is alienated and has no direction in his life and is living the white experience and being bullied. And he is befriended by this mentor who is this Asian man who speaks with this really thick accent and has all this Confucian wisdom about he should wax on and wax off. The The actor playing him is Pat Morita, who, as you, you know, he doesn't I don't know what his origin is but i know that he was in happy days yeah he doesn't have to talk that way yeah he doesn't speak with an accent normally so it is regular it's, life it's it, it shit gets fucking complicated when you talk about like when you're selling out like 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 i i i want 
I want Kumail to be sitting in this seat. I want to talk to him about like when they called him in when he was an unknown actor and they were like calling him for McDonald's commercials and like he's you know when how he would detect like when he should audition for something when he shouldn't take the part how he's supposed to balance his heritage with his desire to get work as an actor. Pat Morita took that part in Karate Kid and he talked like this. <laughs> and he said to Danielson, are uh, you uh, catch it, uh, uh, chop a stick with uh, the fly, and you uh, wax it on, and you wax it off. And, <laughs> and, and everyone's watching the movie, and they're saying what? They're going, man, I hope I meet an old Japanese dude. Who can who's going to change my life? Who's going like, to dedicate himself to changing my and it's life? It's like Baker Vance. You go like, yeah. okay, well, totally, great. Totally. Will Smith is like the magical okay. black man thing. Yeah. Oh, I hope when I go to prison, I hope I, I hope my Shawshank is redempted by Morgan Freeman. It is really, 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 really hard to tell the difference between. Yes, because Karate Kid is a very good example of like where the Asian character is only there to service the white hero, you know, and like, and that is one of the reasons why I love Big Trouble in Little China because it's just like he said, He's like surrounded by Kurt, Kurt Russell, mentors. Yeah, Kurt Russell and- is not a white savior in the movie. He's like constantly a coward and like making every excuse he can to avoid the fight and like his friends are the real heroes and the so i i showed this movie (laughs) very recently to some millennial friends of mine Uh who have never ever seen this movie before hadn't even heard of it i made them watch it and they were so like just they had an emotional response and they were so happy simply because the cat the main cast were all asian actors who oh, really? never spoke with an accent okay and th- for them they were like it's so amazing to see an entire cast oh, my of God. asian actors who didn't speak with an accent and that was just revelatory i and- thought that was going to end totally no. differently and i was going to throw a chair <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I showed this to millennial actors, and they were so distracted by the problematizationable, like... The problem. <laughs> yeah, just like the fact that it was yeah. just like, if you want to problematize Big Trouble in Little yeah. China, you're not going to have a, a shortage time. of opportunity. Yes. But that's so... But that alone... And when I watch it, I, there's a part of me that gets so sad, because I think, like, this movie would not get made with this cast today, you know? Like, there would never be a movie where... All, like the most of the main cast are all like Chinese American actors who got to speak. They never spoke with an accent. They were just American Chinese Americans who lived in America and they spoke English perfectly because they grew up here and th- that wasn't an issue. You know, like it, they're and they're just normal dudes. Like yeah. one of the dudes like has a crush on like another ha- on this other lady and like the other guys just trying to like save his fiance and uh, the, you know they they. Had personalities. They had. They were three dimensional characters, and Kurt Russell wasn't there to save them. Kurt Russell Chris was there. He was there to, to be get laid. The, yeah, I mean, he, was and there also to... sort of. Yeah, and he was. And he, Kurt Russell was the sidekick. But his buddy, yeah, who he Kurt Russell was the protagonist. Yes, because it was a white. He was he was Kurt Russell. Yes, and, because this is post the thing. But his buddy. I don't know the actor's name, but it was like he was he his buddy was the one who drew him through it and kept saying yeah. to him, "You don't understand. Yeah, you need to respect this culture. You need to 
come into it and you need to help. Yeah. And Kurt Russell kept going, I don't want to do that. That's not my responsibility as a truck driving American who's just driving through Chinatown. Yeah. And his buddy is saying to him, you need to, you need to respect this. And if you respect it, you will, I, 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 to me, I don't want to sound like an apologist. And I, I wouldn't even, if you had, if you had gone the way I thought you would go, I wouldn't even be saying what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a shit ton of stuff in there that relies on, like, a stereotype and tropes and things like that. Like, David Lopan, of course, is the opposite <laughs> example, because he's just, like, this Fu Manchu character who speaks with a heavy accent when when James Hong doesn't speak with an accent, I mean, we should you know? Definitely, yeah. It's, it, I think it's like, it's like, when the movie's called Big Trouble in Little China, and yeah. it's in the 1980s and all this stuff, I think it's more important to actually be able to go, here's... Here's why it here's why it was actually healthy. Yeah, because if you want to just point out why it's unhealthy, yeah. you'll just put a big like like and uh, uh, Revenge of the Nerds is an obvious example too. Like, have you seen that movie? Yes. I, well, I mean, it was, it's been years. There's a bona fide, full on fucking full like on, beyond rape yeah. friendly, like total. Yeah. If you just trick a woman into letting you eat her out, like, uh, and you eat her out good enough, like, then she's fine. Like, it, there's. There's a million things about that movie, as Curtis Armstrong has been on my podcast, said, there's a lot of things that movie gets wrong, but there's a lot of things that movie gets right. And and if you look at movies before Revenge of the Nerds, um, there is, it's like, absolutely, like, there is always a character in every movie, every college-friendly movie beyond that, before that, where there's a, a character who looks like the protagonist in Revenge of the Nerds, and the joke, the runner, is always, let's put Lawrence in the porta potty Let's trick Eugene into fucking a pig. Let's let's take uh, 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 Carl's face and shove it in shit. And the reason is because he wears glasses and has a uh, calculator. And that movie said oh well what if we told a story from the perspective of the nerds and it had fucking rape culture wall to wall in it it got a million things wrong it said if you're a nerd you might get to fuck more pussy whether they like it or not etc i mean that movie was gamergate basically It, 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 it now you can look at it and like definitely problematize it but so we're saying like big trouble in little china it 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 was like but it got i think big trouble in little china got a lot more right than it got wrong and the the things it gets wrong aren't as egregious as raping women well i do think so yeah because here's here's some things that didn't happen in big trouble in little china that do happen in your typical indiana jones movie or something like that Mm -hmm. uh kurt russell never um blew off uh every time he blew off uh the world around him yeah. he suffered he never he never like rolled his eyes and then drew a gun and then shot a dude yeah. as, as far as i can remember uh, uh, uh like he had to assimilate or he suffered he he had to accept what everyone what his friends were telling him like this is these are the rules of this world and he had to accept it and like play within yeah. it and it Oh, so uh, so I I, ha- I got my boy. My boyfriend also loves the movie, and I got him the Big Trouble in Little China 
book, like it's like the oral history book. <laughs> And it's fantastic. Like I highly, highly recommend it. And um, and in it, there's a there's an anecdote uh, that Kurt Russell tells where he said that like you know how in the movie he wears that shirt that has kind of like a David Lopan looking kind of guy uh-huh. on it. It's like a graphic of like a Fu Manchu character. And he said that he he felt like he thought his character w- knew that he was going to go to Chinatown to see his friend that day. So he was like. I think I'm going to wear my Chinese shirt today because <laughs> I like these people. I want them to know that I appreciate them. So I'm going to wear my Chinese shirt so they'll see it and think, like, <laughs> this guy likes it. <laughs> and I love that because it's like, yeah, of course that guy, of course he did that. I kind of, I, I'm not that you and I need, needed to, like, heal. Like, we're not, we've never been at war. But, <laughs> like, our agreement that Kurt Russell is a mensch and oh, he's the best. Rules. He's still married to Goldie Hawn. I know. I love that. And he's still so. Who is as charming as Kurt Russell on screen? He's so charming. Any time, perfect still. and amazing. Still. So did we you can guys, always, Did you see Bone Tomahawk? I yes, half of it. Half. Yeah. How can you give up halfway? Through? I don't know. I must. Have. I really love that movie, and he's so great in it. But the next time you and I get in a fight, like we did yeah. in episode whatever. Like, <laughs> I can't got, even remember. We just gotta remember Kurt yeah. Russell. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. That's our that's our totem. Uh, yeah. I big trouble in little China. I don't know. You know. You look. If you got dudes floating down from the clouds in like lampshade hats and they control lightning with their hands, on one hand, it's like easy to go like, yeah, we're spreading a thing. But on the other hand, that whole story is about a white dude who like. F- f- gets sucked into that world. And yeah, he's is, not the hero. He, he yeah. only succeeds at the exact point where he is, like, he has to respect that, uh, all, everything that's going on around him. He has yeah. to start believing in ghosts. He has to start believing in uh, everything around him, or he's not going to get his Kim Cattrall. Yeah, and all, and his, his friends are the actual heroes who are, like, the like have the typical hero traits of like being brave and being good and like not wanting to give up and wanting to save like save the day save the lady etc cetera, etc cetera. like they're the classic heroes and he's if anything he's like the comic relief sidekick Kurt Russell Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really, it's just really fantastic, well, it's especially a, it's, it's for that like, time period. And John Carpenter kind of does that a lot. Like John Carpenter, I don't know if it's like it, he. His movies tend to focus on the people that aren't the most interesting. That yeah. are uh, yeah, 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 you're guiding them across the river Styx. J- Jamie Lee Curtis in yeah. Halloween, she she's like almost the that movie like created Jason Voorhees and Freddy Krueger. Like it was just a babysitter who didn't know what she was doing and yeah. just entering the culture. And it followed of, so many of her friends first too. And if you watch Prince of Darkness or Ghost of Mars, like John Carpenter maybe has this instinct for like, yeah, you know what? Maybe the raft that you're comfortable on isn't the same as the waters that you're going through. Yeah. Interesting. It's John just, Carpenter, are you out there? Come on our show. Oh, God, that would be a dream come true. I love him he so much. He probably died three weeks ago. And no, yeah. he was just performing. He performed in L.A. like a few months ago. All right, fine. <laughs> I mean, all, like in addition to being a great filmmaker, a fantastic composer. Um, but I, you know, it just makes me sad because I look at the that casting for Big Trouble in Little China and I look at how... Um, how Un, just 
how they didn't make a big deal that these guys were all Americans. Right. And and it sucks because you'd be hard pressed to find that today in TV or in uh, or in film. Yeah. So yeah, for all our sensitivity, like what? Yeah, yeah. it's it's a double edged sword. We're like, we're not doing you know the thing that's that was done thirty years. Like we're Nor- not keeping Norman up with Lear. That. If you had a modern Norman Lear and he said. Not to offend Norman Lear because he's still working and did this with Rita Moreno and Netflix. He rebooted one day at a time with, you know, a, a, a mod, a, a, somebody that said, like, I'm going to make a show called uh, White Guy Working Where Black People Work. Uh, <laughs> Very catchy title. It's not it's not greenlit. Too problematic, yeah. like too hard. But like, yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a crazy question to ask yourself. You're, our friend who's asking herself in that email, he's basically saying, uh, "Am I allowed to like uh, Big Trouble in Little China?" I I, I want to address that m- most importantly. Like, yeah. listen, man, like you should be loving any movie, Birth of a Nation, anything. Like, I you should never if 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 if. Philosophy and politics ever get to the point where you're you feel like like watching something is going to you know make you a, a bad person. I think that's that that defeats the purpose. Like, yeah, I mean, I think that you know, th- there's this like kind of tricky territory you get into with like, can you separate? There's also the the question of can you separate? This has nothing to do with Big Trouble in Little China, but can you separate a pl- problematic artist with the art that they do too? It's sort of like saying like you watch Three Stooges and like they poke the poke poke each other in the eyes and they take a hacksaw to each other's arms and you go like, well, in light of what we've learned about domestic abuse, you know, should we it? it it's the answer is yes and no. Like, please watch it. Like, I, 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 I <laughs> three stooges for uh, to I, being related to domestic abuse is crazy. <laughs> but no, it's not. I mean, I, I, I know, I yeah, agree yeah. with you that it's funny, but no, but it's not like they're in a real. <laughs> well, it is. No, it's not. It's, it's, I right. think that's really fun. It's, it's important that as a as a modern person, you can watch the three stooges and 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 laugh at the fact that what they're doing is incredibly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're hurting each other. They're doing terrible things to each other. It, it, this idea that there's a thing that was recorded as comedy years ago that therefore is no longer allowed to be funny, I think that's when you start to become uh, part of the problem because it, uh, laughter should be an involuntary response. Uh, if if somebody puts pepper on a piece of paprika and like or a jicama and like puts it under your nose, if you sneeze, that doesn't make you anti jicama, anti pepper, anti anything. You're having an involuntary response. If when you watch uh, Big Trouble in Little China, whether you're white, Asian, modern, old, whatever, if you get enjoyment out of it, you can t- absolutely experience that enjoyment while you absolutely go this is totally problematic like this is not uh, how asian people would like it um it's totally kosher to do that and in fact i think it's kind of important there are things called pre-code films out there uh the government and the industry started collaborating with each other to tell you that tarzan isn't as rapey as you think he might be like you need to watch some of these old films and 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 understand you're not participating in anything when you watch these old films you're not you're not by reading catcher in the rye you're not 
doing anything bad to anybody. It would be worse to have these books burnt. Um, we don't want Mein Kampf uh, burnt. We don't want it eliminated. We don't want it as mandatory reading in an English class, but like it, it, it it can be all of the above. You can problematize, but indulge. Moby Dick is probably incredibly racist, I assume. There's got to be some black dude that he keeps making swab the deck. I've never read it. That guy was actually asking the question. I'm, gonna, I'm picturing him as a 25-year-old. Like His name's Yousef, and he's Yosef. going... He's going Am I a bad person if I enjoy Big Trouble in Little China? Fuck no, man. No way. I, I are can you recognize that it's totally racist? Yeah. Is it an amazing movie? There's <laughs> shooting lightning. It's incredible. Please let's not let's never be so not racist that we don't acknowledge when a movie is fucking awesome. I I can, with a clear conscience, say I highly recommend Big Trouble in Little China, and I think all of our listeners who have never watched it should watch it just because it's a really fun movie. Also, so many Asian people in Rogue One, and it's a piece of shit. <laughs> all right, we'll edit that out. <laughs> it seems like everybody in there is Asian. I was like, like, God, you can't make a Star Wars movie? What are you talking or? about? There's like three Asians. I love Rogue One, I production design-wise. It's no is big trouble this, in Little China. Is all of this getting cut out? No, nothing's getting cut out. <laughs> I don't cut shit out of my podcast. Okay, so, um, but, you know, but then if you get into something like Long Duck Dong from 16 Candles, that's a different story. That's fucking problematic. Yes. I think I think we feel that when we look at yeah. that. Yeah, because then you look at the movie overall as a whole, it's an all-white cast, and then, and he's only used as a, that's an example of how bad it can be because long duck dong is an example of somebody who is just his ethnicity is a punchline like people have written into me and asked me like what you know like a lot of people who are like i'm a white writer and i want in the interest of diversity i want to add a lot of people of color to my cast i don't want to just write a something that's all white cast which is great and what you should do but how do I, as a white writer, write about other people without being racist or uh, exploiting, you know, diversity? And like, well, A, like, hopefully if you ever sell a show as a white writer, uh, you would hopefully populate your writers, writing staff with people of color so that they can help inform these characters that you want to make. But two, like, I think there's two schools of thought because there's two layers to this issue. One is, like, we've talked about this before, in an ideal world, people of color would get to tell their own stories, to have their own shows blah 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 um and that would you know that would create the systemic change but in the absence of that happening right now like the next best thing is to at least have more representation on tv and have more people of color on tv even if it has to be at the hands of a white man and um, thank you <laughs> i was waiting for i that. gladly accept your your mission <laughs> I, I will make you proud I thought you were going to go into like a pigeon English accent for no reason. I will uh, catch these chopsticks (laughs) with a fly. So I'm sure that like when Long Duck Dong's character came on screen, like a lot of Asian kids were like, oh my God, an Asian guy in this huge and and, like hilarious movie. I have a crazy feeling that they didn't. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I do feel like, like Long Duck Dong is a great example to use because even though this conversation is very, very complicated, I think you picked the one example that actually I 
I would imagine Dan's planing. I would imagine that was fucking straight up. Like, if I was an Asian guy watching that movie, I would have walked out of that movie going, I wish they hadn't had. (laughs) Well, but here's the thing. If you're like a 13-year-old Asian kid and you've spent your entire life in America and have never ever seen another Asian person on TV and then you see you and you love John Hughes because everybody loved John Hughes at the time and then you go in and you see that I think there is uh, I think there are Asian people who were super excited just simply to be included even if it's negative just to be included I'd love to hear is there a way to like put that up for I, I want to know if that's true or not. Yeah. Well, maybe we can, dude, maybe w- like, the Whiting Wong's Twitter account can oh, tweet shit. it. Oh, J- just ignore it. Just oh, let boy. it sit. Okay. I, st- I spilled a drink. I'm drunk. <laughs> we're getting to the deep shit. That's this like, is the first time he's ever spilled a drink. If I were white and I lived in a Chinese universe and I went to a movie and a white guy, like, I remember Long Duck Dong's introduction. It was like him yeah. hanging down upside down, uh-huh. i.e., Chinese. <laughs> Everyone's upside down. And, and there was like a fucking musical score that was like, something like that. Like, maybe something like this, maybe something different. <laughs> um, and he was like, what's uh, happening? Hot stuff. Yep. Like, if it, the, it, it, that's different from all the other problematizable stuff. He was literally just a sticker. Like he came down and was yeah, like, Yeah, he was inhuman. an Asian punchline. He was a punchline. Like like even the old woman that j- had just felt up Molly Ringwald's tits was like still her grandma. He and they were like, Oh, there's a foreign exchange student. He would he came down and said, What's happened to hot stuff? I it would the nuance would be if I was if I was Asian, I I feel like I would be like that's fucked up. That mm-hmm. dude's like a weird monster. Like he's like brought in like a weird thing. If I went to see uh, Revenge of the Nerds, the rape anthem of <laughs> things, there's a character uh, Yoshi or Hushami or Hashimoshi. Okay, we're gonna add that to the list. There's a Japanese nerd in mm-hmm. there. And there, he's the butt of a lot of jokes. He doesn't understand how to play poker, so Booger is going to beat him at poker. He, it, it, there's a scene where they uh, fill him with a uh, uh, chemical that will f- prevent him from being drunk, so he wins the tricycle race, and they play a Japanese version of uh, Bicycle Built for Two as he wins the race. Um He's Asian, and and he has a lot of moments where the punchline is him going like, "That's a big uh, titty" or something, you know. Like he, it's funny because he's foreign. He's not. He's something less than human, and yet he's one of the nerds. That to me is like right on the line. I w- when you say long duck dong, I go yeah, fucking no brainer that's bullshit that's like crazy world war ii poster long duck dong appears twice in that movie and and in both cases goes like oh i can't believe how uh, asian i am like like he he just he's and he's like hanging from rafters like i don't remember long duck dong like helping anybody doing anything he's truly just a nuisance he's like (laughs) 
like his parents go by the way we have an Asian person like living in the rafters yeah. and and Molly Ringwald's like god it's hard to be a teenager some, some one yeah. of the so, b- budding breasts uh, choosing between guys lip gloss Asian people <laughs> uh, it, 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 like hanging out in Revenge of the Nerds the uh, of the million ways to be a nerd that are presented one is to be black gay Asian, uh, 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 too young, too old, too into pot, and, and yet, like one of the nerds is whatever his name is, and it's like it's on the bubble. It's like oh, there he is, ha- Hashi Mashi, whatever his name is. <laughs> like they use him as a punchline, and then all the way into Big Trouble in Little China, which is like why I would go, yeah, forget it for that era. Totally progressive. Yeah, I, I agree that for that era, it's totally progressive. And, I mean, Long Duck Dong is a bummer because... Long Duck Dong is a bummer. That's our yeah, title. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I love John Hughes, and I, I love John Hughes movies. And, you know, it's a, it's a... And that's the thing that sucks about things like this is that, you know, you want something... And it's the it, same goes with people. Like, when people you are a fan of disappoint you... Like, it, it sucks because you want everything to be very clear, black and white. You want things to be, people to be good or bad. You want things to be easy. This movie is either good or it's problematic. But, like... Well, what if you're white and you're such a good person? Oh, and you're and, and because the reason you're so good is because you're totally into alienation and you just don't, you're just ignorant of all this stuff. Like, John Hughes at that age and that era... He's not he I bet if we could conjure his ghost I'm sh- I'm absolutely sure I think you are sure too that's why it breaks our hearts to problematize a John Hughes movie is because I think that we know through his handling of characters and things, I think we know that if he was sitting here, he'd say, "Yeah, uh, swing and a miss on that one." Yeah, sure, and like, and that's why we talk about racism as a spectrum because you know, like, just because somebody did this thing that is racist, um, and are you gonna, are you gonna like shove them into a river or can right? You I mean, say, it doesn't make him a Nazi. You know right. what I mean? Like, that's so many steps removed from being a Nazi, but it's still on the spectrum of racism. It just makes them ignorant, exactly. Yeah. And that's why, we, yeah, we go like, if you were to say to him, you're a racist because you did this, he would, it, 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 and he were to go, no, I'm not yeah. racist, everyone would be wrong. Yeah. The and person then, that said you're racist well, would be wrong, and he'd be wrong for going, no, I'm not. Well, they would, they wouldn't be wrong, but they would just, they would have overkilled, you know? Yeah, like, it's not, yeah, it's everyone, not, yeah, that's bringing, that's like bringing a, 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 that's bringing like a cannon to like a knife. Fight. Everyone would be wrong because everyone would be using the wrong tools for the wrong conversation. It also just depends on what you want the result of your conversation to be, because that's the thing is that like, you know, I constantly have to navigate like what what is the best case scenario out of this conversation? Is it do I feel like the person I'm talking to? Because a lot of people of color write into me and say like, hey, like I don't think we should coddle people who are ignorant. Like, call out a racist for being a racist. Don't coddle them. You know, don't try to make them feel better. Don't worry about them getting defensive because fuck them, they're racist. And like, and that's a valid opinion. And I, for me I personally, I think that really it just depends on what you want the end result of the conversation to be like I I look at the situation and I think is this someone that I think genuinely that I care what they think about and I want to turn I want to turn their opinion I can see why they're wrong and I 
can tell them, I can explain to them why they're, uh, why they're wrong in a way that, uh, that will actually, uh, exact change. Then, then I approach it in a different way, you know, where I'm not just attacking someone. But if I look at somebody who is like, if Richard Spencer were sitting here, like, I'd be like, no, that guy's a fucking happy right. Nazi who, well, no, a miserable Nazi who, like, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to change his mind. If, so, if, like, if why- you were like, hey, why don't you guys come to drinks with me? I love talking to you about this stuff. You and I both would be like, eh. yeah, no, like I would, you know, like you just put. I mean, Richard Spencer, that's a guy you just punch. And it's not because we're, yeah. Uh, it's not because we want the world to degrade into fucking violence and it's it's because like Jesus Christ 4 hours with There's no dude? yeah there's no there's no best case scenario with someone like that like so you know you might as well like feel good and tear them apart So you clearly like what we're finding out is that you looked at me and you thought this guy's worth it Yeah <laughs> I love that. No matter what I say, you can extract a jet, a like a diamond, gel. a diamond in the rough. <laughs> that is a compliment to you. I, if I if I'm if I'm playing life wrong, we'll find out when I'm dead. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 very happy with our podcast, and uh, I <laughs> I love that I extracted this core of it. I'm like, I got a Chinese lady to say. I'm worth it. I'm better than Richard Spencer. <laughs> I will I will happily vouch for you at the gates of Chinese heaven. Because you sense in me I can I can do something. I can change. I can grow. Yeah. That's why I'm superior to all minorities. Oh sorry. God, no, oh wait, boy, okay. here right, we go. Right, all right, whoa, 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 whoa. Merry right. Christmas. All right. Wait. <laughs> no, no, we gotta end it. That would have been a perfect ending, but <laughs> Can we just say to all the people celebrating all their weird, twisted, ethnic uh, holidays, um, as a white person, I want to say you're welcome for creating a gap uh, during which you can you can put all your shit. Um, uh, Jesus's birthday is uh, open to all of you. <laughs> Call it whatever you want. Um, and uh, thank you so much. And in 2018, we're gonna let's well, should we, let's make let's make resolutions. Okay. What's your resolution? Well, are we making resolutions personally or in terms of the podcast? podcast, Okay. What's your resolution for the podcast? I want to definitely, in 2018, I definitely want to, I want to track this uh, writer's room diversity thing. Like, I I just, I want to get, I want to be the podcast that actually Woodward and Bernstein's the concept of diversity in TV writers' rooms. Um, okay. Um, okay. I want to get a clear picture of it. Yeah, okay. Um, I guess my resolution would be I want to branch out into territories that we haven't covered because I feel like I've really... Um, really cover the Asian thing and I and I want us to open up to people uh more to talk about more issues of um people of other colors and also uh bring in more intersectionality into this podcast and like what happens if you're a person of color who's also LGBT or something like that. Merry, Merry Christmas! Oh no you tricked me. Alright. Mary Wongmas. There we go. It's a good show. <laughs>